Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. You may know me, you may have met me, you may have heard of me. I am Tegan and I'm the host of this podcast. And the thing I really love about it is the diversity of people that I get to speak to and get to connect with and hear their stories because each one lands for me a little differently. Each one has a little piece within it, a little bit of gold that's that I receive and changes the trajectory of my whole life, just like with everything that happens in our lives. And this one is no different. I loved sitting down with Wei Chang to have a beautiful and what felt like quite delicate conversation where I acknowledge that I bring a lot of energy and I love that because I feel alive when I'm hosting these podcasts and I love when I get met with softness and to dance between the two of those. So while Wade's story, his delivery is soft and gentle, his story is still very powerful and (laughs) very intense of the things that he has put himself through. So I invite you to enjoy the dance of the dichotomy between a soft man doing an extreme adventure. Enjoy. Thank you for joining again, fellow adventurers. Today, I have a very nervous but very willing participant in today's podcast. And I'm really excited because I've got to know him over maybe the last couple of years. And it's I love hearing the adventures he's been on and I also love his approach to things as well. So um, with that said, Wade, I would love you to, so we can have a little bit of an idea, um, can you tell me how old you are and what stage of life you feel like you're at? Okay. Um, I'm 39. Six more days, I'll be 40. Ooh. <laughs> um, what stage of my life? Yeah. Uh, I'm in. Um, I guess I'm in the stage of life that um, I enjoy doing um, very minimal things. Okay. So you find the joy in doing less Doing less, yeah. Yeah, but being more present? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Trying to slow down. Yeah, cool. Getting old. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd love to know what lights you up? What gets you excited? Um, Being peaceful. Mm. Um, Being present. Mm. Being nature. I love, I love that. Usually it's like fireworks and explosions. <laughs> but for you, it's being peaceful is something that really, like, you know, almost uh, like lights you up from that internal flame of, yeah, I yeah. love that. It used to be fireworks. Yeah. But like yeah. adventure sports and adrenaline and... Yeah, okay. high achieving and ticking boxes. Uh, mm-hmm. So when did that change? Um, a change in the time when... Um, in my last um, uh, adventure race, okay. the, the very last time I pushed my body to the limit. Wow. 
let's go with that segue is that yeah i'd love to hear more about that adventure what what was the adventure race where were you doing it how long ago was it uh i think it ought to be about uh two years ago now okay uh that was down in mile um mile national park mile as an m-i-l-e m-y-a-l-l down in um oh okay sort of uh northern uh sydney okay yeah. i haven't heard of it cool yeah i think that's what it was yeah mile yeah um and yeah. So the adventure race. What what is it like? A hundred k's you had to cut. What made it adventurous? <laughs> it was uh, it was a, uh, a forty eight hours adventure race okay. and covering uh, two hundred thirty six k in distance. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just by running. Uh, running, kayaking, um, and mountain bike. Okay. And what got you interested? Like, how did you hear about it? I guess I was doing a lot of uh, ultra running. Okay. Um, and then I met people and they suggested we should uh, get into an adventure racing team. Yeah. And so we, we did. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was this the biggest one you'd done or like attempted? Yeah. I started with uh, uh, my first marathon. It was the 50K okay. um, UTA, which is ultra adventure race. Uh, uh, Ultra running down in um, Blue Mountain. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, they they call it UTA. Okay. Um, so then I did that, and then and then just continue on. We started doing um, the guy I was um, doing a lot of training with, Paul. Um, he suggested we should do adventure racing. So we started with three hours, mm-hmm. then six hours, nine, twenty-four, and just keeps keeps building on. Wow. Mm-hmm. So this one was a 48-hour, like, crazy adventure race. What kind of training goes into that? Um, how do you, Yeah, how do you train your body to not sleep and to go further than it's ever gone before in such a small amount of time? Um, I guess uh, my approach wasn't uh, the correct way of doing it. I kind of pushed my body through um, from not doing a lot of ultra just then doing a lot in one year um which obviously my body ended up breaking apart okay um but to get to that point uh every week um training sort of five to six days a week um and you, it's very hard to train all three disciplines so mm-hmm. you kind of have to spread you know you uh, running one day, mountain bike another day, yeah. and kayaking another day. Okay. And some days you might do two together, or um, in the weekend you might mix them a bit of a 12-hour adventure race by yourself or with your friends. Yeah. Um, and just slowly build it up. Um, you can never train the whole distance in one go. Yeah. You just have to hopefully done enough training, fit enough. Um, and then on the actual racing day, you hope you have enough fitness and mentality to get you through the event. Yeah. That's what I, when I trained for a half marathon, <laughs> which felt extreme for me at the time, I definitely got that message of you never train to do like 21 Ks. It's you just, you might do 10 and then kind of on the day, you just keep running. And then, so I imagine that's the same with these kind of things. So coming up to the race did you feel prepared for the race like how was your body feeling then 
Um, no. Mind. Yeah, well, by by that stage, I already had quite a few injuries. Uh, my knee was um, not in a very good condition, mm-hmm. uh, which later required surgery. Um, but because it was a team sport, uh, there were four of us. Um, I, yeah. I couldn't just say no. I can't do it, you know. And then that means the other three have to go either find another team member or they just have to forfeit. You didn't have like a backup? Um, no. Well, yeah. I mean, we were in a in a club, okay. and potentially, you know, we could advertise. Okay. But you normally, when you train with someone, you know, you know each other's style. Yeah. You kind of want to be with the same teammate. Um, yeah. So. And did you voice that your body wasn't great? Did they? Did the other team members know that you weren't firing on all cylinders? <laughs> yeah, I guess um, I was still training, so um, part of me just saying, oh, you know, just push through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the first time I have competed um, mm-hmm. without injury, so I mm-hmm. know, um, yeah in my career whether it's rugby or um hiking or you know uh, working yeah you kind of do things not always perfect so you just make it work you just try and make it work okay so you're trying to make it work on an ultra adventure race (laughs) can you tell us like what was that day like tell us a little bit what was it like for you well these are uh, these events uh, kind of designed to um kill you I suppose (laughs) (laughs) I I have heard people saying um, adventure races um, have Ironman for breakfast Mm. Um, it's not a very humble way of saying that but Mm. they you know if you watch some of the videos you watch people cry watch people shiver because the events organizer are designed these events to make you want to quit um so I I did I I did want to quit many times during the events um we can talk about in a minute mm. but they they started with um, I stayed at my friend's house in Byron Bay mm-hmm. and it was about a 10 hour drive south into um, Mile um, National Park mm-hmm. um, and we got there um, and the um, the meeting about the events was at 8 o'clock mm-hmm. then this is when they give you all the info tell you they give you 12 maps uh, a3 size you start planning all your routes and you start allocating all your gear into the correct boxes um so they took us about four hours to prepare all our gear so you can't even pre-plan so they're like you don't even know what so you know where it is that you will be doing this mm-hmm. and then they're like surprise this is what you've got to be doing and you've Wow, so you can't even prepare for that, like logistics. You can prepare for how you will prepare. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. So it's it's a, a bit of a mind fuck too. Like it's challenging you on every level. That's right, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so so four hours of prep. Yeah, well, you can take as long as you yep. want. We took, uh, by the time we finished everything, it was probably about uh, 12.30, 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. and we went back to our campsite. Um, it was very hard to go to sleep because our mm. mind was still racing um, from all the thinking. So uh, I remember I couldn't sleep and eventually I fell asleep at 2 o'clock and we had to wake up at 4 mm-hmm. to uh, drop our bikes off and the uh, event starts at 7 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, so we were pretty much sleep deprived yep. before the event. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And so they're like, on your markies, get your khakis and go. Pretty much, yeah. So the events... Uh, Four o'clock in the morning. It's, I imagine, really cold. Yeah, I'm not very good with the cold. Yeah. So, yeah, it was always a challenge. Um, yeah, the first leg was um, a, a, a 20k run along the beach, along, along the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel pretty good in that first 20k. Um, yeah, my... Uh, injury my knee felt okay in that first 20k and i feel positive mm. we're doing it really well um everyone was in a pretty good mode i think it was the following legs um uh, nine hours of uh sea kayaking uh in i think it was a, a 20 knot uh, wind conditions waves was higher than our um you know kayak most of the time it was pretty scary um i was cold i was shivering and and yeah, I just kind of wanted to quit at yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about quitting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And when you say we're talking about quitting, are you in like double kayaks? Double kayaks, yeah. So that you've got your team, you've got two double kayaks. Mm-hmm. And so you're literally going rolling with these waves <laughs> and you're talking about like, should we do it? Like, what does that conversation even start like? It's like, I've had enough. Yeah. Anyone else feel like shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> there were two of. Uh, two of us that was uh, pretty cold and um, mm-hmm. um, one of my other teammates yeah he, he was pretty sore as well um, the condition certainly was um, rough yeah. uh, plus the cold um, yeah late into the night we were still pedaling into the river um, and a couple of times you had to get out of kayak when you heard the same bank to drag oh. your kayak through wow. and you continues to do that so yeah you know just the cold and um, tiredness and uh, the hungry and yeah all those elements and just yeah were there other uh, could you see the other teams around you yeah there were other teams i can't remember how many teams there were there okay. but yeah they were and is that, did you guys call it then? So you've started this conversation, you're already hours into paddling, you've done the 20k run on sand, which is already hectic. Mm-hmm. It's getting dark, you're having these conversations, you're cold. I mean, you tend to get cold in like 29 degrees heat. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine what it would have been like there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you guys decide then? I think there was a one point before we get off the kayak, um, I mentally decided that uh, once we get off the kayak, I'm stopping okay. and I'm going back. Um, and one of my other teammates, he was physically uh, couldn't uh, continue on, so he was definitely um, not going on. Okay. Um, Did you then, have to have all four of you at the all the time? Uh, yeah, you're supposed to. Um, yeah, if one team member you know can't make it, then obviously huh. the whole okay. team uh, didn't make it through. Okay. Um, so yeah, we got off the kayak. There was a fire uh, <laughs> at the checkpoint. Um, we started eating because we uh, were going. We we're always going to have a, a backcountry meal. Yeah. At the um, checkpoint, so we started eating, putting on dry gear, um, and my mindset was, I'm heading back to the campsite you know this is me you know um so you haven't voiced this yet though uh, we have discussed it with okay. the other teammates uh, and um this is i don't know i think it was about 15 hours into the event yeah and um 
one of our team member peter he he was awesome you know he he was a um a dutch guy and he really wanted to continue on and he was a very positive um had a really positive mindset um yeah and so my other teammate paul's Ewa, he felt like he want to continue on with pete yeah um so they say they're gonna continue on and i feel a bit guilty <laughs> and i just say and they say you know just you know another running lake you know it's only 10k it's yeah. not that much um and i go okay okay so I, I changed my mind it was hard because coming from a cold tired you know yeah. sore environment and my mindset was that i i was quitting yeah uh to try and get myself ready again to yeah. run another 10k um, and that was uh, almost midnight mm. um, yeah I was so tired I, mm. I actually just halfway um, through the next leg I just said I just have to lie down yeah uh, for a bit um, so yeah. you're running so it's almost midnight you're running I imagine like through the bush yeah. Mm-hmm. You're running through the bush. Your body is so fatigued. You'd already kind of clocked out mentally and then made yourself start up again. And you're like, my body just needs to be horizontal. Like, with this, like, for 10 minutes, an hour, how, like, did that have to be agreed upon? Or did you just, uh, like, stop and lie it, down? It was only a few minutes. A few <laughs> Yeah, well, it wasn't a, a long stop. It was just a quick few minutes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get back up and just keep going again. Keep going again, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then? And I say next leg is the mountain bike leg yeah. and i say i'm gonna pick up the mountain bike and ride back to the campsite <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> and i had a really good teammates they were very uh, positive and they were trying to be supportive and then uh, motivate me to com- continue on so they suggested that i do the navigation for the next leg okay. on the mountain bike which sometimes helps when you're navigating uh, it keeps you stay awake i was okay. very tired yeah um so yeah sure i, I started navigate um and but i actually started falling asleep on the bike wow it's <laughs> just dusting off um so there's this thing called no dos um, yes. Yeah. I remember as a kid, like an 18-year-old kid, we bought some and then like took heaps of them and drove around at night time as you do when you first get your license. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you're popping now caffeine tablets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are equivalent to five coffee shots. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I, I pop the first um, uh, caffeine pill. Um I feel like, you know, I had a new body. I was right awake. King of the world. <laughs> and I was riding up hills and my teammate was like going, whoa, what's going on with yeah. you? And, you know, I was, um, yeah, I, I was on fire at, yeah. at one stage. And then feel good, you know. I, Yeah, um, the sun was coming out uh, mm. the next day and feel like, yeah, we can do this. You know, let's keep going. Yeah. So there was... Um, a hundred k mountain bike ride. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> during the day, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm hearing you've already kind of gone. You've your body has already red flagged to you, like hey, like before you've even started the race, mm-hmm. you're like you've met your mind a couple of times that it's like I'm not doing it, but you still haven't been able to like put your foot down and really kind of 
honor that boundary that's come from your mind and your body because of that idea of being with other people. I don't want to let them down. I want to keep going. Like just that little bit further, just that little bit further. Mm-hmm. And so now you've now you've done a hundred k mountain bike rides. What now? Um, it's adventure racing when it's during a day is much easier. Yeah. Um, although you haven't slept whole night, when the sun comes out, you feel like you've been sleeping. Okay. And it's like, great, six o'clock in the morning, you know. So the hundred bike, hundred k bike ride was okay because it was during the day, you know. Um, what it was hard was the next night when the sun started going down. Yeah. And you started getting a little bit tired. And I remember um, the last uh, leg was hiking um, back to the base. And I think it was the last, I don't know, 20K of um, walking and hiking. I just remember looking for a checkpoint in the sand dune. Mm. And I've never seen sand dunes at night. Mm. I just feel like high-rise buildings everywhere, but just look like sand dunes. And... There's this particular checkpoint that we went out, we couldn't find it. We walked back to realign ourselves and then walking back out again and couldn't find it again. Ooh. And that was very frustrating. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're just walking around in the dark. All you can see is just white, sane wow. buildings. Yeah. Um, it was very frustrating. I was very tired. I was physically and mentally defeated. Uh, we decided to give up on that checkpoint. We just couldn't find it. And later we found out that we were only 20, 30 meters away from it. Oh, <laughs> we no. just couldn't find it. It's just, it would be very easy during the day. You can just see it. Yeah. But at night, it's just impossible. Wow. So, uh, follow, uh, um, yeah, I just remember walking along the beach forever. They, I couldn't see the end, you know, mm. it's just continuously walking along the uh, the sand. And I started hallucinating. Mm. Um, although I was at the beach uh, walking along the water, I can see forest. I feel like I was in a bush. Wow. And I, um, my teammates turned into hobbits, like the ones wow. that you see in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I was sleepwalking. Uh, wow! I saw fridges, um, different hobbits jumping around, uh, <sighs> trees, and yeah. So your that's incredible. Your brain had like was starting to shut down and go basically to a different place. Yet your body was still walking. Mm, mm. Wow! Just so gotta... did you make it? Like, because even when, if even if you call like, "Hey, we want to quit. We want to stop at any point in the adventure race." I don't imagine there's a helicopter that like comes and gets you and it's like, okay, great work, guys. Don't worry about it. Like you still have to get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You carry all the safety equipment like mobile phones and um, PLB and yep. all those sort of things that you can activate mm-hmm. you know, if you really wanted to. But we were so close to the end. You know, there was um, the last 10K um, and we had a, a few more checkpoints to find. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was just one of the hardest part of um, my adventure racing um, career, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I just want to quit. I just want to stop. I just want to sleep. Mm. It's the second I haven't slept for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
I just had no idea. I hated it. I hated everything about it at the time. Yeah. Type 2 fun, they call it. Or yeah. type 3. <laughs> Probably like type 10 fun at this point. Mm. So you've all agreed as a group that you're calling it... No. Again, oh. the other uh, two guys, you know, they were very strong adventure racers. They continue on, you know, helped me through all my difficulties. Okay. Um, I remember walking back after finding the last checkpoint, walking over a bridge. And I think the thought of walking home at four o'clock in the morning, uh, walking back to the base, you know, I was quite excited. (laughs) And I was on top of a bridge looking down and I started yelling to my teammates, I can see sharks. And they were going, oh my God, where does hallucinating again? (laughs) And they came out to me again, look, they're down there. And they were dolphins. Oh, <laughs> swimming in the canal. Okay. Um, so I thought that was a pretty nice way to finish. Yeah. A, a very difficult race. Um, and yeah, um, we were the last team. Uh, we had a lot of difficulty right from the start. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of one of the reasons they essentially we wanted to quit during the race because we were so far behind from all the mm. other teams. Um, but I remember after the kayaking lake at the fire, the guy at the checkpoint told me, you have driven all this way from Brisbane mm. and to quit, you know, what would you tell yourself next morning? Um, you know, and I think they sort of stuck in my mind that I will hate to wake up the next day and thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I quit. Mm. Um, but to continue on and push my body to a limit that I've never been before. I thought, I don't know, I was, I had a lot of, I reflect quite a lot um, after that particular event um, of how much more I want to keep pushing my body and how much more I want to just do things for myself. Mm. Or I remember two weeks later, I was on, I was on a program, uh, expeditions, with young people and uh, I was thinking you know I could spend a whole week um, teaching them what I know and sharing my experience or I can spend another week just doing things for myself mm. so I think um, one of the reason I uh, stopped um, pushing is well one is it was nice just to quit and don't do anything mm. that crazy anymore mm-hmm. But I started thinking that I wanted to give more and um, spend more time with young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of it. What state was your body in after the race? Like uh, you said you'd pushed it too far. Like, what does that mean? I think I slept for two weeks. <laughs> wow. I was pretty tired. Um, a few months later, I had a surgery on my knee. Um yeah. So, like, that's massive. Like, to have to then have surgery on your knee, obviously it would have been there beforehand, but going to such an extreme kind of... You used up all your lives, mm. your knees' lives on that. Like, is that just something you accept will happen? Because I, I just feel like in this kind of industry where people are going out and about, it's almost like, oh, yeah, like, I just I just pushed in, we'll just have an operation, or I'll just, like, it's... Sometimes it feels like we're against our own bodies. It's like they're limiting us. 
as opposed to there being an invitation for us to slow down and adventure in a different way. But like, so you've like slept for two weeks, you've had a knee operation, which would have had recovery as well. Like, was that all that kind of happened? Were you fine after that? Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was pretty fit at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of the reason draws me into doing these sort of thing is the feeling of being healthy and mm. feeling fit. And but, um, I mean, one of the reason I stopped playing footy was uh, quite often in the middle of the night. It would be so hard for me to get out of the bed and uh, to go to the bathroom because um, I just can't walk uh, without any pain. So, wow. So I stopped playing footy, but then I don't know why, for some stupid reason, I you know, got into um, ultra um, uh, and adventure racing. Um, yeah, it's incredible that those patterns we go in. And yeah, it's like we think we've like, oh, I've solved the problem. I just won't do footy anymore. And then we somehow find a way to put our body in the same state. Maybe because it's all we know or we're trying to learn something or very subconscious kind of thing. Yeah. How did... So I hear though that you liked being fit and active and healthy and, you know, obviously doing the footy and the adventure races would have got you there. Do you still feel like you're fit and healthy? Now that you're not doing those things and you've slowed down a bit, yeah, obviously I probably wouldn't be as fit as as I used to be. I don't train. I don't train uh, regular regularly anymore. Yeah. I, I don't have a set routine, and these days I do more yoga and meditations mm. to heal all, heal all the injuries of my bodies. Um, I'm still fit in a way because of my job because. Mm. Um, a lot of of my expeditions with young people mm-hmm. are five days, mm-hmm. so it can be physically and uh, emotionally demanding. Mm. Um, so yeah. So with the, so you're not doing so many of those adventure races like for yourself and competing essentially like an athlete, like training like an athlete, and you've shifted over more to working with younger people. Is that then still what you do now? Like you kind of took that love of adventure and being in nature and being in your body and work that into working with them? I guess one of the reasons what I used to wanting to do a lot of things, one is obviously for a selfish reason and my ego. Mm-hmm. And the way I've been brought up is, you know, the whole um, the competitive mm-hmm. uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of always wanting to be better and more superior and which feeds into the personal ego mm. that I'm important, I'm uh, worthy. Mm. Um, but there's always another reason why I do that sort of thing is that I want to gain enough experience so I can later share with young people. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I sort of reached to a, a particular point, I feel like I've got enough knowledge and experience um sure i can continue to learn more for myself Mm. but i feel i was at a stage that i can share with uh, a lot of my Mm -hmm. um, knowledge and elder with young people so that's why i sort of took the path of um spending more time with other with others 
mm-hmm. instead of just for me. Mm. And how is that feeling now? Like now you've slowed down a bit, you're working with others more. Oh, it feels good. I don't have to train yeah. all the time now. Yeah. I think uh, it feels good in a way that I don't have to, um, you know, be better um, than others. Um, mm. uh, you know, I, I I can be okay for who I am. Um, yeah. yeah. That's powerful. So it's like letting go of that competition aspect, like it's me versus you or it's even me versus me in a way that I have to be better, I have to do more. I have. Now it's like, how can I just be here and enjoy it and show up in all of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a nice way to live. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. And it, it is a message maybe I, these days, I um, try to share with more young people as well. Um, they sort of compassionate mm. um, attitude towards others and being okay for who you are and yeah. being present um, and particularly being in nature mm-hmm. um, doing the things you love um, mm. you don't have to push so much um, but just be okay with whatever you do mm. um, I think it's a, a particular culture that I was brought up with that the more you do, the better it is, uh, which now I kind of disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like. I quite like the uh, saying that less is more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is just all my excuses of that no, I don't have to push my body anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just please don't make me do that again. <laughs> That's really beautiful. And I feel like no matter where you're at in that as well, there's always like a deeper layer of like becoming present and you know it even gets labeled as you're doing nothing but it's not like it's not I'm not doing nothing I'm like recharging I'm relaxing I'm rejuvenating I'm being deeply present in what is alive here and when I do whenever I do that in nature there's always so much to take in like even now the trees are all talking to each other through the wind there's two trees rubbing up against each other having a little chat I like to think that they're adding their two cents to the podcast (laughs) you know it's like the leaves are crispy there are patterns everywhere it's like it feels so full, yet I guess people could say, oh, they're just simply sitting under a tree. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it feels like everything to me now, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. And on that, do you think we are nature? Um, I think, yeah, we are all part of nature, you know. I, Yeah, there is something about being in nature that is instantly makes you feel like you're home mm. you're safe um, it's a very different feelings um, than being in a city mm. um, and I think when you're part of something it's part of you mm. um, yeah I don't know I haven't really thought too much about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> is there a particular uh type of nature I mean I don't love that question but that you really feel like you come alive in like is it deeper bush is it rainforest is it at the beach is it with red soil is it in the snow which it wouldn't be for you (laughs) like (laughs) is there one that you really love um well I guess I've been uh rock climbing for a long time as well so being on the rocks it makes me feel 
um, at peace, sometimes mm. feel safe. Mm. Um, in the last few years, I've spent a lot of time uh, in waters uh, activities, which I obviously found it very challenging being in water because mm. um, I'm kind of afraid of water because uh, it's cold and mm. sometimes it's powerful. Mm. But I knew that I need to spend more time with water to be comfortable and feel safe mm. in their environment. Uh, and I like water because I think water is a pretty powerful but pretty humble at the same time. Mm. They, you know, we rely so much on water. Um, <laughs> but sometimes we, um, you know, um, don't even, yeah, appreciate it mm. as much as we probably should. Agreed. It like keeps us alive every day. <laughs> yeah, it's, we take it for granted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have learned to find peace being in, in water. Mm. Um, even sometimes during a really chaotic environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of the programs heading out. Um, they were. Uh, strong wind and water were just splashing over the boats mm-hmm. every second and we were freezing cold and I had uh, all my students under um, the sail to keep them warm keep them dry mm. while I was just um, trying to get them to the campsite mm-hmm. I was shivering I, f- I was on a survival mode mm. and you just get to a point just going wow here I am. There's no point being afraid. Wow. Might as well just be peace with it. And you just find peace and chaos for some strange reason. Yeah, it's even that... I love that finding the peace and the chaos. Because it's no longer unknown. Like, I, I feel like half the time what's unknown becomes really fearful. And I think the water has an element to it for so many people. But once you're there in it... It's hard, yes, but we can do hard things. And then the unknown element isn't there anymore because I'm like, here I am, and this is all happening around me, and I'm still here and I'm still okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, you know, sipping martinis at the poolside kind of okay, but I, I am okay and we are making this work. And there's incredible strength that I've gotten from those situations. Do I want to do them over and over again? No. <laughs> but I've still learnt something. And it's almost like that's sounds like the thing that you've learnt in your ability to navigate these adventure races or to be trained like an athlete and really show up for that, it almost sounds like you've brought that essence through to the expeditions you now do, except they're not so extreme. But it's, it's still that core that you're still challenging yourself, you're still being present, you're connecting with others and mm. learning more about the elements and how your body almost dances with them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's when you were saying it. That's what I kind of saw in my mind's eye. And mm. yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's, it's, you say it so simply, like you did a crazy big adventure race. But it's like, to me, it's, it's inspiring just to remind myself that I can push myself a bit further. Like lean into my edges. I'm like, can I do that? So it's like, there's only one way to find out. But then also honoring it's okay to stop sometimes mm-hmm. and to to find the joy in the peace because that is just as potent as important yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. thank you Aid. thanks for um listening to my story oh anytime <laughs> well hopefully i'll hear lots more um and where do people if they want to hear more about your stories or see any of the trips you run is there a way that they could follow you or find you 
Yeah, um, uh, Blue Peter Australia is um, where I'm pretty active uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. We have websites and uh, Facebook page where there's a lot of the photos. And that's the Blue Peter Sailing School? Yes. Like mm-hmm. that's what the website is and stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you take photos for them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I put up a lot of um, my journeys mm. with people on my own Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. People can just come find you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing your story. I'm sure it's going to resonate with people. You know, you never know what people take away from your ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Wade. All but right. once again, I feel like this was scary, but you did it anyway. <laughs> so, thank <laughs> yeah. you for that. Thank you.